Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. All right, we are jumping back into part two with the Woodalls. Um, If you haven't listened to the first part, please do. They're just a great couple. They are so full of a lot of great wisdom, and we have some good laughs and some hard stuff that we're talking about, but ultimately, it's just we could have talked for hours. I know we say that every single podcast. I want to take this moment to just say how grateful I am that we have these people to sit with. Amen. Because if any of you are out there and you do not have anybody around you, please, please, please find people because this we're not supposed to do life by ourselves. And we're not supposed to learn this by ourselves. So definitely reach out and find some people that you can uh, hop on their coattails a little bit and learn from what they're doing. Yeah, if you think you're going to try to get through marriage, because we're talking to folks that have been married 30, 40, 50 years. If mm-hmm. you think you're going to get through marriage for 30, 40, 50 years on your own, it's just not going to happen. You need people to learn from. And so hopefully this is part of that for you, part of that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely use this as some momentum to get out and find someone to connect with, to meet with in your circle as well, that you can gain some of that wisdom from. And uh, and it's been great for us. We're so glad we get to share it, but we want you to also get on your own as well and go learn from There's some There's people sitting right in your circle yeah. around you, a neighbor, someone close by that could offer you some time, a cup of coffee. That's right. Well, this um, particular episode is Terrific, And the biggest thing is just intentionality. You're going to hear that. And that's something that we're, we're heading into our, we're in our 19th year of marriage. And that doesn't go away. Every, you know, you can know the person you're with, but you still have to become a student, stay a student of them and be really, really intentional about where you're heading and how you're going to get there. And it changes. And so that's what I love about John and Debbie is they share their road has taken them around some unique curves that they would never have anticipated. And they have to continue to be intentional about how they're navigating because they're two different people. Even though we're in a marriage, we're always going to be our individual self, but we have to learn how to throw that bridge up to cross over so that we're traveling together. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. You're going to love just their, how real they are with a lot of the stuff they've been working through. So Uh, Let's jump in and and let you guys listen in on a lot of this really good stuff with John and Debbie. We are in our second episode with the Woodalls, and hopefully you caught the first half because it was amazing. Um, We're going to start off this second half. I want to hear a little bit about how you guys transitioned from having a house full of children and to becoming just a married couple. Obviously, your kids are still with you. Um, but they're not in your house. So tell us a little bit about the transition from that season of your marriage. Well, uh, we've had several of those transitions. <laughs> <laughs> um, our kids, you know, now they're entering their 40s. And so they've each been married, you know, for a few years. And during their years, I guess our youngest son and his wife did not live with us. But there were different seasons where our children uh, lived with us, which was great, and we were we were glad of that. But literally, even though we're coming up on 44 years, it's only just over 30 days since a child <laughs> left. So. so you had a transient nest. You not yes, necessarily had an empty nest. Right. You had a transient nest. I think, I think this is actually a big idea 
um, that we should spend a couple of minutes on that everybody's got a perception, you know, that you're going to have an empty nest. And one of the very first things that I would want to say to people that are coming up to this is do not think too long that your place may be empty for long. And I've listened to other people, and we have now experienced it, that our children left. But you told us of a couple that say they don't use empty nest, they use open nest, Mm -hmm. which I love this idea because one of the ways that I heard what you said is that your nest needs to remain open, not only for open for what you do as a couple, but our daughter went on into missions into mm-hmm. Slovakia. And she met this beautiful man in Slovakia, Andre. They got married mm-hmm. there. Uh, she got pregnant there, mm-hmm. but then they wanted to give birth to their uh, first baby, um, our third grandson here. So we welcomed them back mm-hmm. into our home. They lived with us for nine, 10, 11 months, somewhere in there. And, and we loved having them back. Yes. And, and our other children, as they were getting established, they needed temporary housing. Right. Yeah. right. Now, in the worst case scenario, we had a son recently who lost two of his four children, uh, went through a very unfortunate divorce, and he lived with us for three years. So mm-hmm. when we say the last 30 days... Um, And so we loved welcoming our children back in. So that's a long way to say that the empty nest is actually a myth of sorts. (laughs) And, and, And I would tell a couple to approach this season with awareness and with open handedness Mm -hmm. that if you think it's just going to be the two of you cruising the seven seas, (laughs) you, you, you may need to change your view. Like, Hey, are we willing to keep our nest open for our children, for other people? Right. Coming in, so. and it's just setting the expectation because it may or may not happen, right? Like that, exactly. right? But if you have that expectation that it's just not going to happen, right, right? Then that may throw off the, uh, and it may almost be a disappointment piece of oh, but we, we had these plans and we were going to do this. But if you if you have the expectation of hey, our home is going to be open and we are going right. to be available and this right. could happen, and 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 we're talking from a place that we never ever thought that we would go through what we went through. We, mm-hmm. we did not anticipate uh, anybody coming back. Yeah. Right. And especially not coming back under the duress sure. in the trials of death and divorce. Mm-hmm. Sure. But um, I would do it all over again. Yes, I was just going to say, it was still wonderful. And uh, as happy as we both are, that our son now is settled and got a great place. We thoroughly enjoyed that time because it it was a blessing. Yeah. I mean, we we learned a lot from him. We enjoyed him, <laughs> and it was um, we were crying our eyes out when we knew that it was time that he was going to go. But we're happy at the same time, and the yeah. same with all the kids. It's like for me, it's a little bit sad now that. Now it seems highly unlikely that anybody's going to come back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so now I really do feel like an empty nester, and I'm right now. I think I'm 
probably going through the same withdrawals. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, but anyway, no, it's been great. One of the things that I would say that was um, helpful for me to get a handle on when I was younger, let's say early marriage, and I would look at my in-laws and they were empty nesters. And I would think, oh, how fun is that? It's going to be freedom and everything. And then I recognize now I would never, ever give it that title. It's not freedom to me. Um, and, And I'm not saying that it's bondage, but the word that I would use now is harvest. It's mm-hmm. harvest time. Hmm. I like that. You harvest things you did well. Mm-hmm. You harvest things that you get surprised at. <laughs> and you harvest things that you did poorly. Yeah. So um, I think being prepared to recognize that, and it, that doesn't even have to do with marriage alone. That's just getting older. You know, position yourself to receive the harvest. Yeah, and the and people may already know this idea, but the laws of the harvest are: you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap after you sow. And the and I believe in every marriage, every family, there are sins of commission and sins of omission. There are sins that we commit. And there are sins that we omit. Like, did I not emotionally bond with my children on purpose? No. Mm -hmm. I didn't know much about that until I recognized there's a whole study on attachment theory and how we love by Mylan and and Kay Yurkovich. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about how human beings emotionally bond. Well, neither of us uh, experienced emotionally bonding growing up. We didn't even know what it was. Right. Right. You know, we we had to read a book on it. (laughs) And so, like, would my children say that their mom and dad love them? Yes, I believe they would. Uh, Would they say that they felt deeply emotionally connected to us? Probably not. And these are sins of omission, and these, mm-hmm. these kinds of things come. So I would tell any couple moving into empty nesters, it's like, be ready. Change the paradigm from freedom yeah. Yeah. to what is going to be our harvest. Mm. Right. Because here's the thing, you know, we, we all planted some good seeds. Right. And there are some bad seeds, and, and you may not know what they are until later. Mm. One other thing in this empty nest season is when... when Children hit midlife when they are about mid-30s, 40s, and life is not working out the way they thought it would. The first place we look is to our parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, right? dun. And so, they, so I, empty nesters need, need to be prepared. Sure. Like if somebody comes back and say, man, you gave me nothing. <laughs> we always talk about it. I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'm going to be putting you in counseling. <laughs> I that's always right. say that. So well, I can see and, that's but, but, <laughs> good foreshadowing, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think, uh, again, it's, you know, the beauty is we're, we're fallen human beings that are deeply and greatly loved by a Heavenly Father who sent His Son to save us from our sin and from ourselves. And it's a journey, mm-hmm. and it's a lifelong journey. It I is. mean, we never reach perfection. Right. You know, we're... we're 
trying to get to maturity. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, for you guys, just personally and relationally, coming out of the season of having a full house of kids. Mm -hmm. Were there things that you guys started to do that was new and different because it was now just the two of you that has maybe grown and uh, and grown your relationship to where it is today? Well, I'll start and just say briefly, and then um, I'd love to hear your perspective, Deb, on this as well. But um, even though we say it's not freedom, it's very tempting. I think for me, um, I started getting into golf. I had more time to play golf. And our friend Bill Willits, when I gave Debbie a set of golf clubs, he goes, what are you doing? And I said, well, my wife is a terrific athlete, and I'm confident that if I give her a set of golf clubs that we'll play golf together. He goes, that's crazy. And um, But sure enough, uh, it's exactly what I thought. I put a golf club in her hand, and she is a natural. Mm. I mean, I... Uh, I will post a video of Debbie Woodall. <laughs> and it got really bad where she started out driving me and her ball's in the center of the fairway and mine's way off to the right in the woods. And I kick it out and she goes, that's a stroke. And I said, no, it's not. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm golfing with Grace. And she goes, that's not the rules. And I said, nobody made you the rule maker. Um, but, uh, and that's start- just the first hole. Exactly. So I, I think, I think finding hobbies together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Was- I didn't mean to, to downplay. We can do things that we weren't able to do. But, um, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I'm always trying to balance. Can I really do that? Yeah. I need, mm-hmm. I know that there's needs over here or we mm-hmm. should be going to there and you know, it's, it's adjusting to that. Sure. And then I never knew that I needed an assistant to know what birthday am I missing this month? Uh. <laughs> But um, it's so much fun visiting the kids and seeing their families and and all that. I love that. Um, And I think that we've worked really hard on our marriage, and I see the fruit in that. But I think the differences that have happened, I'll say, in our marriage have come way more through the beauty of trials Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. the beauty of so-called, wow, you're free, now you can go, you know, travel the world. Um, I, I think we've both have a value of being students. Keep learning, keep learning, Mm. keep learning. It's a huge idea. And I think we both believe that the core of life is God and especially when trials hit, Um, I think if you are driven to the world, you're going to fall apart because it's not going to satisfy you. And the Mm -hmm. culture, I say warning, 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 culture is taking everybody not in a good place. Mm -hmm. And it's not leading them to God, who I we call now Yahweh. We're we're learning. He actually has a name. You know, he's not just God and Lord and all that stuff. So... um, I, especially uh, the two of us, but 
I love growing in the, in the Word of God. Yeah, I want to comment on that. I, I think you picked up on a, on a huge value to us. Um, I think it was in our first half, and it's continued, and that is I think you always need to be a student of your spouse mm-hmm. and of yourself. So I think some elements that are still in our marriage and that keep it growing and fresh to me is— Uh, That's a decision you make. Somebody can get at that 20-year mark, 25-year mark, and they think, I know you. Right. I know everything about you. And somebody got in my space and said, you know, there's a universe. There's a universe, not only out there, but in the soul of your spouse. Hmm. And when they painted that picture, it's like, wow, I might just only be scratching the surface here. And so to have a mindset that even though we're growing old together and we've been together 45 years, we have a posture of being students of life. And uh, we're both very curious people. Uh, We love learning. And as Debbie said, we both love the word of God. And we've had our challenges. Debbie said uh, not too long ago, she goes, it's interesting that we're Bible people that can't talk about the Bible. And. (laughs) She said that during a time where she was offering an idea, uh, a view of the Bible that I don't currently hold to. And it's like, nah, I don't know. And, and it, it, it touched an old wound in my yeah, story. Sure. So I shut the conversation down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I powered up on her, shut the conversation down. <laughs> And she goes, isn't that interesting? We're Bible people that can't talk about the Bible. But with that being said. I can see her saying that. Yeah, but the, uh, we both, we love the Word of God. Uh, we started, uh, what attracted us to one another in our 20s was our mutual love for God and His Word. And both of us, uh, this far in, um, if I only have two hours a morning, it is not enough. And Debbie is constantly listening to the scriptures while she paints. Uh, She's been through the word of God more than any woman that I know. And so all of that is actually under the banner, which I think is hugely important in the second half, is finding these common interests. Mm. Uh, We're still we're still having values exercise. Mm -hmm. This is still valuable to me. Right. This is less valuable to me. So would you say that that would probably be one of the core things that you brought from the very first half of your marriage into your second half would be just your love of God and just seeking out his word? Is that fair to say? Or I, I would, is that would, something that you feel like kick-started maybe more in the second half of your No, it started, it started when we were in a small Bible college together. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I, it was in the first half, but it's it's gotten deeper and different in the second half because we don't have little children to raise and different there's just there's different things that have made it newer and well deb deb's speaking a little bit in veiled you know controlled (laughs) language as you you can tell but 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 a couple of comments behind that is we believe in the spiritual gifts and Mm -hmm. um if somebody read romans chapter 12 There's a list of seven gifts there. There's teaching, there's leadership, there's encouragement. Well, one of the seven gifts is prophecy. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much about forth-telling something as much as a prophet sees right and wrong, sees truth and lies, Mm -hmm. you know, sees light and dark. 
And Debbie, if there is such a gift like that, she is, that is the way that she sees life. And so as she's getting into the Bible, you know, from the front of the book, she's reading the law, she's reading the prophets, she's reading the gospels. She sees things in black and white. This is getting more black and white. And for me, uh, some areas are getting more gray. And so when we start bringing our individual views about God, about the Bible, about the church, about Israel, about, 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 (laughs) we get into some interesting conversations. Yeah, we do. Is that, yeah, and is that fair? yes, and it's been extremely life giving uh, for me because I think the culture, especially, can just take us in such scattered places. And um, you know, I believe that we need to know that we have a standard for living, not just of living. And mm-hmm. I think we spend more time on what's my standard of living, you know, but we don't. I'll speak for myself. I I just want to focus first on that. What what is my standard for living first? And Mm -hmm. the rest will come. And so, especially when we went through fires of great proportion, um, it was just, I used to call it, it was a 360 trial. Death, divorce, family, just everything. And, um, you know, I love Psalm 119. And it said, I would have perished had it not been, I would have perished in my affliction had it not been for your law. Yeah, if and, your law had not been my oh, delight, yeah, right. I would have perished in yes. my affliction. Mm-hmm. I see, I can't, I miss. That's all good. That's yeah. why you and, completed And the other one <laughs> that I thought was so beautiful too, it says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law or your instructions. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not necessarily a common thing, yeah. but it's been very life-giving to me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You mentioned, Debbie, earlier, um, just a few minutes earlier, you talked about um, how you both work hard on your marriage. Yes, we do. <laughs> how, would you, how would you define that? Like, what does that mean to work hard oh, that's on really your marriage? It's a great I question. I love it. Yeah. Uh, working hard on your marriage, to me, means being intentional. It means thinking about life and how it's impacting me, how we're impacting each other, what is important. Like one of the things we said that we learned while Dave was living with us, he was so cute, and he he just said, "Um, you know, can I make an observation? And we went to dinner one night, and he said, I'd like to suggest that we do a little thing about, let's talk about talking. (laughs) And um, we really needed to because he observed in our marriage that a lot of times we just talk in Twitter feed. You know, you see in our Mm -hmm. kitchen, we have a big island and John's on one side and I'm on one. And it's just this like bulleted thing. And, And too often I think our meaningful conversation was getting lost. So... Dave reflected that back to us and caused us to even be more intentional Hmm. about, you know, going below the headlines and not just, you know, that. And there were other parts to it. Um, So I I love your question, Chris, on this. And I'm going to continue on this theme of let's talk about talking because um, this is an area that 
requires a lot of hard work. <laughs> and, and every marriage is different, but in ours, we're both... Flaming extroverts. We're extreme, <laughs> we're extreme extroverts where we yeah. talk to think to talk. And our son, yeah. who lived with us uh, for three years, is a deep introvert. Hmm. Oh, wow. And so it, it, you, it's like if you had the gift, if you hired somebody to come in and yeah. say, yeah, I'd like you to consult. observe our marriage and <laughs> family and then give us an assessment. That's well, what you got. Right. Yeah. Right. And so uh, mm. like we, we were unaware because we had become accustomed to some of our communication patterns, but they were actually, they, they weren't healthy. And so we went to dinner and he said, let's talk about talking. And we went, well, tell us more. <laughs> and he said, well, I observe uh, th- this type of talking. There's Twitter feed, which is just bullets. Right. Then I have observed one way conversation where dad, you come out of your time with God and you dump all that you've <laughs> learned yep. on us, and then nobody can respond. Hmm. Um, there is conversation on your terms. <laughs> like, if you want to talk about it, we talk about it. If you don't, we don't. <laughs> and then he said, there's a $1,000 mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. where we make the time and the space that we have a dialogue around a big idea. Yeah. I love that. And that's where that's where um, I was attending Peter Burke's Marriage Matters one season. And they gave us an assignment, and we were to go back and talk to our wives and have this particular conversation and then report back to the guys. And they wanted to know, how did your conversation with Debbie go? And I said, well, I'll let her describe it herself. So she got on a speakerphone. And she said, I would describe our conversation as scrumptious. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the first time that I heard scrumptious conversation. And so we actually created a definition for scrumptious conversation. It's any conversation, and it doesn't have to be long. It can be 10 minutes. It can be two hours. But a scrumptious conversation is any conversation that there is focused attention. There is a sense that you are being heard. Mm-hmm. And that there is some action or follow-up to the conversation. And mm-hmm. those elements are the things. And Debbie and I, our temptation, my temptation mm-hmm. is to speak in bullets on my terms, one way, and I may make space for you. Mm-hmm. And so we have been making two-hour blocks in our weeks wow. for, and we label it. Scrumptious, Scrumptious. That, that's become our code word that. for a meaningful, two-way, focused mm. sense of being heard. And what is the follow-up from that? And I think that's making a, a huge difference. How but, long have you been implementing that, um, would you say? We have tried off and on. But, um, and that's why I year. say, okay. you know. At it, our 43-year mark. Well, <laughs> yeah. It was harder when Dave was here for him, especially because with another person in the house and just the fact that we were going through a lot of trials. So it was harder for him. And I was starving to death Mm -hmm. because I just felt like all I get is bullets and all I get is one way. But part of that was him being in this place. But scrumptious conversation was something that 
um, we needed to improve on. So mm-hmm. once we got that label and it was more clear, then we worked harder on it. But the other thing that, that he gave us, uh, there was uh, there's two other things that were major that we uh, implemented. Uh, the other one was instead of living at a hair pace, live at a tortoise pace. This is huge. This is a huge and idea. That and that's just so really, counter-cultural. Yes. Yeah. Everything is so fast. Yeah. Yes. And he you called get it, caught he called more it the speed more. of yeah. Better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do. We, yeah. we call it, yeah, the well, speed you know, of Well, you know, UPS call the speed of business, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's, you know, everything's yeah. running like yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, again, we live up here in Cumming, and right. if you hop on 400 South at 6 in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, you're seeing red lights. Mm-hmm. You're seeing guys passing. I, I'm doing the speed limit at 65, mm-hmm. and guys are just passing me at 80, right. 85. And, and Dave would refer to that. As the hair pace. Mm-hmm. The hair pace. And so he really, yeah. it, it went, this is still under the banner of what does it mean to right. work on it? Mm-hmm. We are trying to be very intentional to slow the pace yeah. down. Slow even the pace even down. in driving, you come yeah. to a four-way stop, you know, nothing drives me crazy. I know the rules of the road. <laughs> hey, if we get there at the same time, the person on the right goes first. Not here, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, you, you don't even it. have to You've be there it, yeah. first. You got it. You, you go. And I, I feel like Brian Reagan nowadays, you merge, merge after you, <laughs> you merge. <laughs> but I mean, but we're, that, we're trying to slow it down. That's been really helpful because I know that one of the things we really battled with was the phone coming into our life and the computer and all these distractions. So yeah. we've needed to use every you know, power phrase or whatever to slow ourselves down, to be more intentional, to learn how we're talking. And um, that's really helped. And then he gave us another idea that was so cool because, you know, even though we're trying to slow things down, we, we live busy lives and he does his thing and I do mine and stuff. So he said, how about we do this? And we, you know, we have this furniture over there and there's a drawer. And he said, why don't we start something called the 10 minute talk? And what that is, a lot of times I'll, I'll have all these topics on my mind or he'll have things that he wants to talk about. So we just write it down. We say, you know what? I want to have a 10-minute talk with you. And I'll write down the topic. It could be, hey, we really need a dehumidifier. <laughs> I want to give you all the reasons, you know, but we never can, you know, in right. the bullet, in the Twitter feed, it never gets done. It gets frustrated. He goes, why are you talking about that again? We don't finish anything. Yeah, no follow through. No follow through. So we would have a piece of paper in a folder and we'd say, you know what? These are some 10 minute talks. Hmm. Gave each of us time to do it. And I then, love that. then I would just say to him, you know, hey, when you're done XYZ, I, I want a 10 minute talk. And it would be on anything. It's so be helpful because we're both be extroverts as that. well. And we have a house full of extroverts. Yes. So literally our dinner table yeah. is Every, it's like being around an Italian dinner table and everybody's talking at one time. Yep. Yeah. Over and over. And it's over like over nothing time. gets, but like, mom, hey, you, what, right. where, what? Like, and so I. And literally you get like, up and you're like, what just happened? Right. Right. It's yeah. Funny. And so yeah. I feel like that is super, I love all of it because it really I'm helped. such an extrovert, but what extroverts need, they need to say words, but they need to hear words. Yes. And so. That would I just feel like that would. I be love the follow up so piece, but I great. love the ten minute talk. <laughs> the ten minute talk is just great. That's fantastic. And sometimes it can go longer, but at least you can. I can say, you can hey, label you know, it. I can write it yeah, down. This is the topic. Boom. This is the That's topic. Yeah, and if, I love that. And if you know, 
if you could just give me 10 minutes, please just give me 10 but minutes. But that's why, that's yeah, why we I came up uh, with the, the idea that a scrumptious conversation is not a two-hour talk. No. I mean, um, mm-hmm. those are still nice. They are. <laughs> That's they're, they're absolutely. But it's just intentional. Yeah. It's like, it's I know you're yeah. here. It's intentional. Yeah. yeah th- th- that's exactly right. You've heard yeah. me and there's action on it. Right. And, you know, there's nothing that's more frustrating than circular. Mm-hmm. You just yes. keep going like, didn't we talk about this? Yeah. But we didn't do anything. Right. You know, there well, was no, and oftentimes with extroverts, yeah. you're already thinking about what you want to talk about. So you're not really listening <laughs> to what the other person's saying because you're ready for your turn. You just Can missed I? the big Debbie throwing a shoulder. <laughs> she just yeah, into, totally nailed John. John right there. No, we both. Stanley I think we're both looking into a mirror right we now. We both do it. We both do it to each other. Yeah, no, you're right. That's an extrovert. You know, it's the number one yeah. key topic there for an extrovert. Um, those are great. I know. I, thank you All for digging into to what that looks like to work on your marriage. Because I, I would imagine there's other listening that thought the same thing as me as, Gosh, I want to know what that means. What does that look we like? How do I tangible. take that? How do I take that? And how do I? Because I want to work on on our marriage. And so, thank you for for sharing some. Well, of that. that's you know, and Chris, that's a. I don't want to take your comment for granted, because if people have an impression that a close, intimate marriage happens, it doesn't. Right. We have a banner over our marriage mm-hmm. called fighting for one. Mm -hmm. And if couples leave a marriage alone, the default is always separation, division, divorce. Mm -hmm. And to move to a place of intimacy, spiritually, emotionally, physically, we have to fight for it. Mm -hmm. But it is well worth yeah. the fight because right. the result, so sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the sweetness of fellowship, communion, connection, mm-hmm. it's well worth the fight. But it doesn't, uh, and, and particularly for, you know, people that profess to be Jesus followers. I mean, we haven't even introduced the idea that there is a very real enemy mm-hmm. against us that right. we call the devil right. yeah. that is out for your destruction is out to destroy us right mm-hmm. and so we have to be aware of of that as well yeah well thank you for sharing the tangible i think that's just so helpful right super helpful and i love that you you know Oftentimes, I think people think after the children move out, you kind of have a learning curve, and then it's kind of smooth sailing. It's golf, it's travel, this that. I, I hate that you've had to go through it, but obviously, it's also grown you guys into such a different place in your marriage. So, thank you for being so transparent because all of us are going to have different twists and bends. Nobody, sure. Jesus even says that we when you have trials, right. not yeah. if. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I do feel like that the. If we are really operating as a unit and and drawing closer to each other at best and finding those ways to communicate and finding that intimacy, going through those seasons can be um, better. If that, not, you know what I mean? It's going to still be hard, but it's still going to be, wow, we've made it and we are a team and we're still on the other side of it. So let me, I don't know what our time frame is, but I want to add these ideas that. I would like to say to any couple that's getting near empty nest, 
to really prepare themselves for a potential season of suffering. Mm-hmm. I did have a view that, just like you said, Jan, that the children are going to go and life is going to get easier. We have so much behind us. Right. Never in my wildest imagination would I have thought that my deepest years of suffering were ahead of me. Hmm. And I want people to be uh, aware that, that trials, troubles, tribulation, suffering is part of living in this world. Mm-hmm. And do what you can to prepare for it. You, 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 don't, you don't know if you can ever prepare for it. When we got the call that our one-year-old grandson drowned, I mean, we just, our, our, and that was our second grandchild in two years. You, you just, you hardly know if you're prepared for calls like that. Yeah. But I would say to couples, don't be surprised that suffering comes. And when it comes, be prepared that you as a couple are going to react to these trials differently. Yeah. And one of, one of the greatest things that uh, our, our grandson Courage drowned in April of 2016, and we were in a grief counselor's office in May of 2016. And being with a wise, godly, biblical, sound counselor specializing in loss and grief helped us as two different human mm-hmm. beings that reacted to the suffering differently. Yeah. And man, we're, we were tried in our marriage like no other time. It's like, I don't feel that way. Why do you feel that way? Yeah. Why do you talk about them that way? I don't think that way. Yeah. And so this is the time that, that couples have to pay attention to the difference between reaction and response. But again, we're not trying to uh, scare anybody. But I think it's a false sense of hope that if you get into this second half and you think that your greatest trials are behind you, right. uh, you may be misinformed. Yeah. And um, I would just say develop a root system that when those storms of life come and that tree gets blown and it gets blown to the ground, that the root system is still in God. Yeah. It's still in Yahweh. It's still in the Lord. It's still in Yeshua. It is in his word. It's in his ways. And he and they, the Father, Son, and Spirit in his word, and a really good counselor are the things that helped us get through. And I would say, without a doubt, I would say that our marriage um, is stronger than it's ever been. It's been tested and tried like never before. But one of the things that makes me smile these days is that I, I feel like we passed the greatest test of our life so far together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when we were talking about scrumptious conversation and, and we said that even contentions, yeah. contentious, scrumptious, contentious conversations can actually be the best because, you know, whether you have a lot of trials or not, when you go into a different season, you're going to maybe react differently. And I wasn't ready for him to react the way he was reacting, mm-hmm. nor was he for me. And we just, we recognized that we went in two different places when this yeah. trial hit. Yeah. And there was, um, 
I was kind of surprised. And anyway, so we went through that, but it was like throughout the process, we had to learn how to talk about things that were uncomfortable for us. I mean, more than ever. And then what we did was we decided, you know what? Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at our marriage and we're going to say, what are we going to keep? What are we going to leave? Yeah. And what are we going to yeah. accept? Oh, I'm so glad oh, you I said that. that. Debbie, um, we, so we have in our marriage, we have these code words. Uh, <laughs> Debbie comes, you know, if, as two extroverts, one of them is, I'm just extroverting. Yep. Yes. I don't we use that. I don't need do you to do anything. Well, one of our, one of our um, code words is redo. Like if we say something inappropriately, it's misunderstood. It's like, hey, can I have a redo? So we've used these code words for many years. Mm -hmm. And this last year, Debbie said, you know what? I've been thinking, um, I'd like a marriage redo. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, wow. um, I wonder what that means. She goes, yep, I want a (laughs) 2.0. She goes, we're broken and we need need to get this fixed. (laughs) It's time for an upgrade. Yeah, it's time for an upgrade. So I thought, wow, now's my chance. No. Um, So, but it's exactly what she said. So we went through an exercise Mm -hmm. to say, what, what are the things that we want to keep from marriage Mm -hmm. 1.0? And there's a lot of things we want to keep. Yeah. And then it was like, what do we want to leave? And uh, several of the things that we wanted to leave are what we talked about is we want to change the way that we're talking about talking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're changing that. Uh, we're changing our speed, mm-hmm. our pace. Um, I want to. I want to leave you and the listeners with a couple of questions. John Lynch at a leader weekend last year said that we were to go home and to ask our spouse, "How am I affecting you these days?" Mm-hmm. Jeff Henderson introduced years ago. What's it like to be on the other, on side. The other, on the side, other side of me? And that's a form of that. How mm-hmm. am I affecting you these mm-hmm. days? And then John Lynch added this statement. I was in a conversation with him, and um, he said, you know, John, there's somebody that knows you more accurately than you, and you need to give her access. You need to give her permission. And in trials, I I was building a wall. Debbie said, you have a bubble around you. Mm -hmm. Another friend of mine said, you have a force field around you. And so when I recognized that she was bumping up against that force field, and then he said, there's somebody that knows you more accurately than you, mm-hmm. I actually found myself saying, I need to give her more permission. Because I was keeping her out. Sure. Because mm-hmm. it was painful. But um, I think if couples ask those questions mm-hmm. and give each other permission, yeah. um, I think you grow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very good. Yeah, that's, um, thank you. For sharing some of that, opening that door just a little bit more into just, you know, what it's been like these last few years and uh, and then sharing also just what you've learned mm-hmm. through it. Um, you know, I don't know that anybody's road that's listening is going to be exactly the same. Oh, right. But I think everything that you guys have shared, we can apply to whatever mm-hmm. trial it is that mm-hmm. we're going to face. And, and I think we need to be prepared. I think this is part of it. So thank you guys for spending time, for opening your home. Uh, for the snacks, the wine. <laughs> uh, we just really enjoyed sitting with you guys. Well, uh, we thank you for your yes. for your foresight, for yeah. your intentionality. I mean, your evident love for your marriage and your family and everybody else you get to influence. I mean, we're we're the honored ones to 
be allowed to be a part of this. Thank you. Well, this has been great. I know others are going to really enjoy it. So thank you guys so much. We're grateful. Well, that was a great episode for us to wrap up our little season on marriage. We learned a ton. I hope you guys did as well. And we'll probably have some more. Jan's going to tell a little bit about where we're headed, but we'll probably sprinkle in some more where we'll talk with some folks uh, from a marriage perspective. But that was just a really good season for us to, to learn from these couples about uh, you know, what it means to be married 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. And these were some hot topics for us as we're you know hitting a 20-year mark and having kids getting into high school and eventually going into college in the next couple of years. That's why we started out with parenting and marriage. But there's a ton of other topics out there uh, that we want to unpack and we want to sit down with some really awesome people. So from this point on, we're going to kind of be a little bit random. Yeah, and, potluck. Um, potluck, but I wouldn't say random because I think God will definitely place some people in our path that... Um, have some really awesome things that they want to share with us. So, and if there's something that you feel like you want us to dive into or something that you would love for us to sit down with, we would love your feedback. So go on our Facebook page, um, leave us some comments or direct message us that way. And that would be an awesome way for us to continue this hindsight podcast. Yeah. And, uh, add some new great topics. Yeah. We'd love some of your thoughts on it. I do think when we're ready, cause we're not there today, But I do think we'll do one uh, not too far down the road where we'll talk about, for us, hindsight and fostering. Absolutely. You know, and what did we learn and uh, about that experience. And there's a lot that we learned. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just talk about, you know, what went well and what were some of those struggles. But I don't think we're at that point yet, um, but we will be. Uh, So those of you that have questions about fostering, just know we will come back and we'll circle back and revisit that. Absolutely. It's rich. And God has shown us so much. And it's definitely a story we're sharing. Yeah. Don't forget, rate and review out on iTunes or wherever it is that you guys listen. Again, that helps people find us. And uh, and we should be back up with another one in September-ish. We might need a little bit more time as we're ramping up to record a few uh, heading in. So it may be October, but we're going to try and get something out in, in September. And uh, just look for us then, and we will look forward to catching up with you when we put the next one out. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. See you guys.